he has this great book, The Brothers Karamazov, and in that book, there's a, the hero of the book is really Alyosha, who's a monastic novitiate, a very good guy, kind of uh, not an intellect, not an intellect, but a, uh, a person of great character, you know, and, but he has a brother, Ivan, who's his older brother, who's a great intellect and, and a very handsome soldier and a brave man, and like Dostoevsky's villains, Ivan isn't exactly a villain, but that's close enough. Ivan, or Dostoevsky, makes his villains extraordinarily powerful. So if Dostoevsky's trying to work out an argument, he, he clothes the argument in the, in the flesh of one of his characters. And if it's an argument he doesn't agree with, then he makes that character as strong as he possibly can, as strong and as attractive and intelligent as he possibly can. And then he lets him just have at her. And so Ivan is constantly attacking Eliosha and from every direction trying to knock him off his perch of faith, let's say. And, and Elosha, Eliosha can't address a single one of Ivan's criticisms. And, and he doesn't have the intellect for it. And, and, and Ivan has a devastating intellect. It's devastating to him himself as well. But what happens in the Brothers Karamazov essentially is that Ali Elosha continues to act out his commitment to the good, let's say, and in that manner he's triumphant. It doesn't matter that he loses the arguments because the arguments aren't exactly the point. The arguments in some sense are a side issue because the issue is, and this is the existential issue, the issue is not what you believe as if it's a set of facts but how you conduct yourself in the world. And so Dostoevsky, he grasped that, and it's one of the things that makes him such a, a, an amazing, amazing literary figure, an amazing genius, because he was smart enough to, to formulate the, the arguments in a manner that no one else really could, with the possible exception of Nietzsche, and that's quite an exception. And yet he could still, using his dramatic embodiment, he could still lay out solutions to the problems that he was describing that are extremely compelling. And both cr crime and punishment, which is a amazing, thrilling, engrossing book, and the Brothers Karamazov, all of Dostoevsky's great books really circulate around, around those profound moral issues. So I learned this tremendous amount. Uh, yeah, from the five to the six, we be in the mix with that rare candy paint job on the whip. I need food for the kids, money for the rent. Fuck a lockdown, baby, I can't do that shit. And I don't never vote, cause I'm fucking broke. And either way, I know the police ain't gonna leave me alone. On a plane by the visit, Glen Rock, me crypto told me I should bring the Glock with me. So I packed up my piece and I'm sliding. Cause we might get caught up in a riot. Middle finger Trump, middle finger Biden. Fuck a left, fuck a right. Ain't no politics, baby, we just talking From the birds to the bricks, we be in the mix With that rare candy paint job on the whip, who you with? Hey, welcome back to the Gain of Fiction Lab. Uh, we have a really, really dense subject today. Um, here at the Gain of Fiction Lab, what we do is we take things that you know exist in nature, exist in literature, and we uh, repurpose them and weaponize them against the population. And, uh, you know, whatever happens, happens. Um, I have two, uh, well... I've talked to these people before um, in multiple uh, uh, platforms, but this is your guys' first time in the lab with me. Um, hopefully, Cy can make it today. He had to work an overnight, but uh, so I don't, <laughs> he said he was going to try to stay up all night, but I don't think that happened. Oh, um, but we'll see. He did read it. But uh, also, I'm going to start with Kurt. Kurt's been on the back wall with me in Filthy Armenian, which uh, he tried to tried to turn us into hockey fans. Didn't quite go so well, um, and also predicted an Eagles Super Bowl. I don't remember what happened, uh, but yeah, whatever. Nonetheless, uh, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna be back this year. But Kurt, one thing about Kurt is he's gonna read a long ass book. 
you know, Kurt is going to read a long ass book because you went on TPN and did what? How many pages was the kindly ones? Uh, it was like 800, something okay. around, around that similar size. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So he's, he's just, I remember when I put, I, I didn't think anybody would read this book. Uh, like this was your first time reading brothers Karamazov, right? First time reading any, uh, uh, Dostoevsky or even like Tolstoy. Right. Yeah, so, so, so Russian literature. Yeah, so so to to you know to sign up for that one that's a daunting that's a daunting task. So I do thank you for that. Um and uh also from uh Ball Earth Propaganda podcast. Yep. Uh, you've heard him multiple times on Rare Candy uh where we talk about things that honestly uh this is probably the closest to the earth of the thing that we're going to talk about. Uh, like this thing actually exists on the planet Earth. So we're going to yeah. talk about that today which is which is quite quite nice. It's KB Goldtooth. Um, and KB, you just wrote a uh, a piece, which I, I have not had the chance to really sit down and read yet, but it's going to come into play a little bit here today, don't you think? I hope so. I wrote a piece yesterday for The Critic um, about the, uh, the trucker uprising in Canada. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was called Toppling Babel, you know, meaning the Tower of Babel. And um, I think that's relevant to a lot of the themes in Brothers Karamazov. Yeah. Uh, wonderful, wonderful. So, um, you know, I don't want to waste too much time uh, because there's, there's much to discuss here. Uh, I, it's weird. I was making the list for for season one of, of Gain of Fiction, and I had some kind of softball, kind of just Crichton novels, stuff you could read on a flight, you know, to build up. Uh, I try to hit people every two weeks with this, although uh, this book might have set me back a little bit. Uh, the, this took me two months to read, Brothers Karamazov by Fyodor uh, Dostoevsky. Uh, it took me two months to read, and I sat down and I realized really fast that I wasn't meant to read it very fast. You know, like Cy read it in like two weeks. I don't, Jesus. I don't, I mean, again, w- it, when we quiz him, let's, I don't, we won't have the chance to actually quiz him and let him apply that knowledge. No, but he didn't make it today, you know. So. He didn't make it. I mean, he went insane. I mean, he went instead. I mean, I've made up the thing about the night shift. He just went insane. That's really what happened. Um, you know, adaptogenic mushrooms can only do so much. And uh, so, but anyways, I read this in a sense, like immediately it was like, oh, I'm supposed to like read this and chew on this, like, like the Bible. Like if you read the Bible in two days, that would be the dumbest thing you could ever do. Like, I think like, you know, just you were supposed to read a little bit, chew on it. And uh, the most I was able to read in like one sitting besides the end where I just kind of like crushed through the end, but I was able to read like 40 or 50 pages at a time, which, you know, and, and that, like that, that felt like a lot, you know, that felt like a lot. It's very dense, um, but it's super rewarding, I, I have to say. But uh, KB, you seem to be the most well-versed in Dostoevsky here. So, like, uh, talk about your relationship with his work, you know, just going back as far as you can. Wow. I, mean, I was, like, 17, and I read um, uh, Crime and Punishment. It was on my uh, mother's mm-hmm. bookshelf. And I think I wanted – I think I liked the idea of reading a book, like, as, as grimly titled as that. Like, it looked like this really yeah. – like, virtuous thing to do and so I, I picked it up and to my surprise the thing read itself like you know in a matter of days you know it's one of the most compelling like like electric novels ever written I think so then I decided I I, I loved him and I think I read uh, the brothers Karamazov right after wow and um so I think I, I think I was around 17 when I first read it and I think since then I've read it in total three times didn't mm. um didn't and, and like studied the, the the 19th century Russian thought and literature quite a lot in my life as well in history to a degree. Um, didn't cut, didn't reread it this time around. Not that I yeah. don't value this invitation, but you know, like a, something of that size, you have got to read it when the time is ripe. You know, you mm-hmm. can't like mm-hmm. oh, it's an assignation. 
but I did um I did go back to um Joseph Frank's um study of that era of Dostoevsky's life. Like Joseph Frank wrote a very famous four or five volume critical biography of Dostoevsky. Wow. The last one is you know, it's about the last years of Dostoevsky's life, a composition of Brothers Karamazov and an interpretation of it. It's called um, The Mantle of a Prophet, mm -hmm. I believe. And it's about uh, it, it's it was great. I just went back, dipped back into it, and got that snapshot of like what where Dostoevsky was at at that time, quite shortly before his death. You know, he wrote the book in like two years. He was he was finally you know he lived a very very hard life. He was finally quite a kind of acclaimed figure in 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 Russian life. The, the the young radicals at the time really valued him for the first time, rather than him being at odds with them as he was mm -hmm. for the preceding decades. And um and uh, it, and shortly after it was released, it was supposed to be one of two, you know, two volume work, at least, I think. And he died, you know, and when you read about him at the time, you know, he was very ill man. He had um, epilepsy famously, I think, and then was variously ill in his last years. You think you're reading about an 80 year old guy. You know, mm -hmm. by the time he died, he was barely into his 60s. So it was like yeah. a very full, hard life. But, but, you know, I think the book itself, like you, you would think you were reading the work of somebody very old and wise. Right. But yeah, then, yeah. It was where it was, you know. It was, and, and some stuff about the the Russian scene of the time is particularly interesting in relation to the book. Maybe we can get into that later. Sure. You know, we're gonna need to call back to that a lot. So anytime you hear something that really, you know, parallels, because because I think you're right in a sense. Like I was about halfway through this book, and I was loving it, of course. But like then I I really wanted to just learn. And I, I mean, you know, this is Wikipedia. This is just reading a few things, uh, listening to a few podcasts on him. Because uh, I wasn't necessarily worried about the plot being spoiled of this book. So I, I wasn't, you know, uh, I, I wasn't uh, avoiding uh, media about him in that sense. But you you do got to kind of get to know Dostoevsky a little bit for this book to have that do, extra yeah. that would, extra yeah. impact to it. You know sure. what I mean? Like, because, you know, you, you think about, you know, let's, let's talk about him for a second. There's a lot of children. There's a lot of child's death in this book. Sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. A lot yeah. of it. And, you know, you might be like, oh, yeah, Russia. Oh, God, cold. He lost scary. his son, Alyosha. Yeah. He, yeah. he lost his son named Alyosha yeah. at, what is he, about three years old when it happened? And he just, and it's like, the, I think it was, I thought, I thought I said it was very young when it happened. Mm -hmm. the, the child was very young. Uh, but what you you hear him almost rationalizing it with this book. A lot of, a lot of the book is just basically him like, you know, the, the point is, is like we're, we're going to get into like what we think a lot of stuff means. But like, in my opinion, Dostoevsky died still not really knowing what everything means. <laughs> like, I think he was kind of he had he had his beliefs, he had his faith, but like the application of his faith, which I think is an honest a thing that people aren't really honest about is like they're OK kind of erring on the side of faith without actually quite being able to have an answer for everything. Cause you know, the, the, every character that has an answer for everything is insane in this book, right? Mm -hmm. Like Ivan Smerdyakov, they're, they're like legit insane sociopathic people that have the answer for everything. That isn't just some actual like advice, you know? I, um, I think Ivan is very conflicted, you know, uh -huh. also those are two examples from the atheistic perspective, right? Where would you say the same about Zosima? Maybe he doesn't qualify as someone who has answers for everything, but does he seem insane to you? I'm interested. No, no, God, I love him. Yeah, no, yeah, he was with bars. Yeah, he was. He had bars, man. I mean, like he he was, <laughs> but but like, there's a difference between, you know, 
there's a difference between winning it like uh, like ivan obviously like when we peek behind the curtain we know that or it's yvonne I, i'm gonna get the names wrong the entire, I the entire it. yeah yeah i know that's it i don't say mexico okay. yeah. i say mexico we don't say uh don't uh, don't either. <laughs> don <Don't> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I, that's the thing i do say don don quixote but yeah i like that 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 is funny but yeah there's you know i'm gonna get some names wrong and um also before we get into this uh deep into this is do you, KB? Do you know the difference between the translations? I didn't even ask Kurt what like edition or translation you guys the same as you. Oh, so we, you <laughs> yeah. and I read the same one. I think. Yeah, yeah. I bought that once. You said that you were reading it. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really useful. I, I don't. I, I. I don't have anything to compare it to. But like KB, do you know like the uh, the struggle of like translating him? Because it doesn't seem that arduous as far as to know what he was saying I, I, yeah i feel like i feel like dostoevsky is one of the most translatable russian authors and partly because his work is so like didactic and and uh there's so much dialogue in it right like rather than descriptiveness and, and poetic descriptiveness it's almost like a play boom 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 totally there um, was yeah, a part but, uh, oops sorry, sorry go oh yeah i was gonna say there was a part that i i googled based on this translation that i couldn't find anything about it without like changing the words a little bit it was um toward the end where it says uh there you thou art wrong jupiter therefore no yeah thou art angry jupiter therefore thou art incorrect or therefore thou art wrong uh the translation was like it was pretty different actually from uh when, when i was like googling around for how people kind of interpret it online and, um, and yeah. what was it? i mean what like uh what did you find because <laughs> I, I that one was a little weird to me too um i mean like the I think the idea of it is that like if you're invested in in like this to the point that you're going to be like irrational, you're going to be the one that's wrong, which I think is I think that's true. And I, th I think that like that the gist of it comes out like in the different translations. But um, it was like it wasn't worded like thou art. It was more like you you are angry that you are wrong, like something like that. Where whereas I think the kind of if you're invoking Jupiter, mm -hmm. um, like the Greeks, you're kind of. Um, I like the way that PNV kind of brought out like the more um, like Shakespearean uh, dialect uh -huh. with the, uh, the English. Yeah, no, for sure. And and for I don't think we actually said the edition, uh, but I have the bicentennial edition. That's the one Kurt read as well. It's it's really it's really cool. I love the art on the cover, the silhouette of the three brothers, which took me embarrassingly long to realize that's what that was to be honest um i had to look at it a few times but i i got it in the library i actually went to a recycled bookstore uh to get this book um but it was like recycled but there was actually nothing used it was kind of a psyop like everything was actually new and like the scary like weird like pink like easter colored kurt vonnegut new covers that you see and stuff like those like it was just a very odd lived hard store um, and it was in Mountain View, which is where Google is based out of and stuff. It's a very like technocratic, like libtard place. Um, but I went in uh, and I uh, I found this. I saw this guy eyeballing this copy and I was like, fuck, there's only one copy. I was like, I really I, that's on my list. I really need to get that. And he looks at it. He like picks it up and kind of thumbs through it. And he just goes, puts it back. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like, it just goes like, no. And the lady, the lady who runs the bookstore, she's like she's literally double masked, like double masked completely just like she had just to the customer that was at the register she had just had a long conversation about how she got covid from the third time at disneyland and she said that she thought she had everyone's information correct and it had to have come from an outsider the code like she was really this is this is like four months ago 
Like this is not this is not 2021 when I bought this or even 2020. Like this is somebody like really struggling with this. And uh, then I brought it up to the register. And she was like, this is good stuff. She's like, You're, it's going to take you a long time. This is like really good. It's so funny. And we're, I want to get into this. They're so funny that people can ingest this and just be like so spiritually bereft of like, you're just bereft of all spirituality of just anything. And they could just read it. And I listen to podcasts on this. There's guys that were materialists that are just like, great book, disagree with all of it. I'm like, wow, that's insane. Like, well, like, at least that, uh, that makes a kind of sense. Like, if you have yeah. a clear sense of disparity, like, yeah, I can, I can appreciate writers who are huge libs if they write beautifully, tell great sure. stories. But, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, as long as you're aware of the disparity, I feel mm-hmm. like where somebody's most psyoped is they can just read through it and go, oh, that's very deep and interesting. But, you know. Yeah, right, right. Because that, that's how I think the books, the bookstore lady was. I think that's how she was. She's like, I read it. It's just a beautiful story, emotional. Like, it's, and you, and she knows about Dostoevsky. Like, she's a very smart, like, well read person. I'm just like, Man, we are not on the same on the same planet. But uh, yeah. a question for you both, then, I, like, there's two kind of major interpretations of Brothers Karamazov in, in, in relation to whether or not it was successful, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and one is, you know, the Jordan Peterson famous kind of "This is the greatest novel ever written." Mm-hmm. Like, and the other is quite common as well, which is that it kind of fails as a novel, like that it that it has like some of the highest peaks in literature. That's like, Nabokov, that right? Like, that was kind of Nabokov. Well, Nabokov thought all Dostoevsky sucked. One of the most shocking experiences of my life was first opening Nabokov and Dostoevsky and realizing he thought he was just garbage. Like, so he, you kind of have to preclude him a little bit. But, um, uh, right. He didn't think anything was good in Nabokov. I'm sorry, in Dostoevsky. But um, the other one is that, yeah, it contains these amazing peaks, you know, Grand Inquisitor, uh, whatever your right. favorite parts are. But as a novel, it's a bit of a mess. And I was interested whether you guys, as first time readers, felt that the story had enough momentum, if it was satisfying enough, you know. Mm-hmm. To, where 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 it sat for you no i i love it it's it's very feverish like it's written it feels like a man writing knowing the end is coming that's because i i've i've read crime and punishment in college but i i i kind of crammed it in a couple days and i really didn't i was i was not who i am now in college so i was i was at a state school i flunked out i like i thought it was a super interesting thing but like so i'd have to revisit that to compare it but like i'm reading the gambler right now which is a much tighter novella you know just just really like much earlier in his life or you know at least uh at least earlier than brothers karamazov of course but i'm reading that and it's it's much tighter but i I actually like the chaotic nate of him just trying to like oh shit i gotta put that thought in. i gotta oh i gotta make sure i put you know this thought that i have in there i really enjoy that and i i read it Almost like, and this is going to sound really weird to anybody who's like hardcore religious or anything, um, is I read it as almost biblical, like biblical fiction, yeah. like, like in a sense where it's, it's like, these are all like, led, like tales, like just kind of like biblical tales in a, in a sense. And I like I that's how I view it. I, I don't think it fails as a novel. However, if I told you the entire plot of the book, which I don't mind doing and I'm sure we'll, we'll kind of in a sense do that. But it, the, 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 the whole plot of the book, like that wouldn't deter you from like reading this book. It shouldn't, right? Like yeah, it shouldn't. Cause yeah. there's, it's, it is a philosophy book. It is the Tao of Dostoevsky. Like it, it is like, it, it's, it's essentially, so I don't know that it fails as a novel, but if you're like, I want to read a great novel, I don't, I don't think that's, I don't, that's where I disagree with Peterson. Although I do, I actually do enjoy hearing Peterson talk about Dostoevsky. I think he's really, I think he's, I like honestly would love if he just like only became like a Dostoevsky historian, like, and just like, if that was his like later part of his life and just did that. Cause he's, he's really, 
I think he really sums up things in like six minute videos of like some stuff. Where I'm like, wow, that's actually really, it's actually really good. I thought, I like, so, yeah. yeah, Kurt, what, um, what, and what do you think? Do you think this, do you think this works as a novel on its own? Yeah, I thought it was, I mean, I thought it was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I could understand, I, I totally do get how someone could not like this, but I don't, uh, I, I was reading, I, I'm telling you guys about this, but I was reading like Tchaikovsky's um, kind of what he was the relationship between him and uh, Dostoevsky and like he did not he he would claim to not like Dostoevsky but he would just just read it he would cry reading Dostoevsky multiple times just like saying oh it fell apart after the it starts off really well it's but it's too uh, depressing but he would just he would just read the whole thing um I'm not like that I kind of I kind of think it was just like throughout the whole piece it was just it works perfectly like that this is like the the summation of like the Ilio, Iliosha throughout like this um from like the beginning the middle and like to uh-huh. the end like his character is so tragic um even with even like just totally re- like disregard like the um, I'm sorry do you mean do you mean the the child Ilyusha or Ilyusha the... yeah. yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Alyosha no. Ilyusha <laughs> no you're right uh, but yeah. it, it, that's the one name where it's like you have to you have to like kind of emphasize it because yeah, they are right. complete, but no you're right i i you're correct the child that that part is harrowing like like the whole subplot when you first like um interact with him you i, I kind of just thought he would be like a throwaway character but then then you uh, he comes back again you found his relation with Mitya, and mm-hmm. then he comes out again with um i think the next would be uh his his relationship with colia right yeah yeah mm-hmm. and then then mm-hmm. well that that continues um and then of course how his his part of the story ends but like just if you just took that and that would just be a, I think a great novel in itself, but then sure. you have the story. I don't have um, a, a strong religious background. So I don't, a lot of this would have just gone over my head without kind of the, um, the footnotes. Mm-hmm. And so I think I don't get the religious takeaway that Glenn, you were talking about. And I think you too um, KB. And then uh, I think, I think my biggest takeaway is the, the story of paying for the sins of others. Um, mm-hmm. And that just like, that comes up so much throughout the book. Um, yeah. Further like paying for the sins of your father, which is kind of like the, that's the mm-hmm. um, archetype that this book really um, revolves around. Um, and I also like how Dostoevsky kind of writes the characters in archetypes, mm-hmm. which uh, people, people really hate that about Ayn Rand, but that's something I also love about Ayn Rand um, that, like the characters, they they represent like specific parts of society. Like sure. even if you're mm-hmm. not, if I'm not in Russia in that time, but you can you can get a good grasp of Russia at that time. Like you, Glenn, have you read it as like um a religious tome, whereas I kind of really read it as like a historical. You, I tome. mean that that part is extremely true too. I because yeah. and I, I, that's one of the biggest. I think Dostoevsky's biggest critics besides Nabokov, who I think is just, I think he's just a hater, but that's okay. I haven't read him yet. So I'm going to get to him. I, I'm sure he's great too, but I just, he's, yeah. it's fine. If like great people hate each other, I think that's part of the process. Like, or just even like, even if they, a harsh critic, uh, like of your contemporary, like there's people that are like, I can't watch any TV because people who make TV, like I can't watch any TV because it's all sucks except what I do. Like there's, there's a lot of people like that. So that, that doesn't bother me. The, uh, the, I think you're right in a sense that, his biggest critics will say like, well, these aren't characters like, mm. at, which I, I also disagree with in yeah. a sense, 
but like i get what people are saying in a, it, like because they're just like i want to take this belief and assign it to a character and this this belief is just basically like a hypothesis being tested throughout the book and it's like no but they're also characters like uh there was a podcast i listened to and i'll be calling back to this um i don't want to air these guys out because i thought they were smart and they seem like nice guys but they're very like reddit atheisty like tone the way they talk about this yeah. book and they say that al alyosha is just a plot device i'm like are you insane mm. like like i mean he that's like alyosha is who you know uh, again uh, we'll, we'll, let, let's let's actually just dive into the book how about that uh the um you know the book starts out like especially in this translation you get like a nice background of like dostoevsky uh where basically like when he was in that siberian camp uh exile essentially which is where you know Mit mitka is eventually going to be uh, uh sent to and stuff and and uh he was the guy uh who just basically all he read was the bible is that i mean kb is that is that accurate because he was uh, that was what i took from this where it was like all he could read during exile was like like bible the bible and he was about well, to go Dostoevsky under execution was exiled, sorry what's that well dostoevsky was exiled yeah, when Dostoevsky was exiled, he said he mainly just ingested religious scripture, like while he was while he was doing I mean, that. That he was in prison for a while, and then he was kind of exiled in a in a village, I believe. And in prison, I imagine you didn't get too much access to literature other than the Bible. <laughs> yeah, ninth century Russia, but uh, yeah, that sounds credible. Yeah, I mean, he certainly he certainly became a lot more religious and nationalistic in the period after his mock execution. Right, right. So, so it goes into that, and then you are basically introduced, uh, chapter by chapter or book by book. I the way it's broken down is people like to really center in on like the way the book is broken down. I, that doesn't matter to me quite as much, but uh, you know, Ivan gets his own little section, Alyosha gets his own section, and uh, Mitka gets his own section. But you're also finding out that basically none of these kids had a father. Right. Essentially, like a real a real father, like Grigory is the is the the who comes in to be a major plot point later uh, is is the, the guy who essentially without him, the kids probably all die of starvation because Fyodor mm -hmm. is just is just uh, living is trying to trying to live like a, a MGTOW kind of like manosphere type type life and uh, accumulate as much wealth as he can. But even though that wealth just comes from like marriage, essentially that he, that he has, and then taking marriage money and having some kind of business land ventures, um, and he's this chaotic guy, and all of the children have a complicated relationship with him, including Alyosha, who, you know, he he's it still understands that that's his father, but they weren't raised by him, and Alyosha is kind of taking his newfound uh uh i guess mentorship from from uh, elder zosima and kind of just at least being good to his father you know and 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 realizing like i need to honor my father and that comes into play later in the in the in the court case as well but um yeah it just the way the way it starts is 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 quite fun where you're just you you know that the plot i mean anybody you can read the back of anything or the description of anything you know there's a murder but we don't get to the murder for a, quite a long time you know ivan is flexes like early because I, I think the big major plot point at the beginning is when they all meet at um elder zosima's cell right mm -hmm. like everybody comes in mitka hasn't i think i believe mitka is the one that's late 
Yeah. Um, a little fuzzy on on, on the beginning yeah, he of this book. He, he kind of bursts in late, right? But bursts in late. Um, and uh, Theodore, it's it makes me really uncomfortable, but in like a good way. The way he acts in the in the cell, he's just like constantly having like a one-sided conversation with himself like rationalizing his own behavior and then turning that into self-hate and elder zosuma is so brilliant he just listens the whole time he doesn't say anything and i believe in the book of luke there is a similar there is a similar thing in the bible where where uh got using god as an arbiter for family problems like it's like god isn't going to be the arbiter of your family problems and like dostoevsky always he he was anti-catholic in a sense because he didn't like when priests were like consulted he didn't really like the the bureau bureaucratic element of uh catholicism right? very, uh, very anti-catholic yeah yeah he didn't like well because i am i'm to me i was raised catholic i like the ritualistic element of catholicism um i like mass i like i like stuff like that but I mean, to, to be honest, like I understand, like the idea is like, well, I have a cardinal, a priest, and all these people. It's like I could just talk to God, you know. And like I kind of, I feel like that's how I interpreted a lot of what Dostoevsky is saying. But what he figures is such a powerful tool is elders also just sits there and listens and let the they they essentially have an argument with each other. Elders Osman doesn't really have to be there for this argument to happen, but they wouldn't have it otherwise. Like it's this weird like uh, conduit. Uh, of of being in of, of being in there and, and Alyosha is just so embarrassed he's supposed to be this stoic kind of you know uh I'm, not, I'm trying to think of the word like pious I guess like kind of kind of like oh man never get too high never get too low but on the inside he's just he's just dying on the inside because because it's you know it's easy to be go on a religious journey and 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 a spiritual journey but then it's like you're you still have that family element that like you can't shake so I, I thought that part was was kind of brilliant yes I think uh I think it's one of my favorite scenes in world literature. I think everything with Zazima in, in the novel is yes. beautiful and incredible. And uh, I really like uh, I, Ivan's uh, account of his article as well. I think that's mm -hmm. very and cool. Yeah, I know. Because at the end, you want to be like, uh, yeah, go to ivan.substack.com. Go ahead and become a, uh, <laughs> you know, like he, yeah, Ivan, yeah. Ivan, it's so funny how you could be like, because he, he's brilliant. Like, I thought I was going to hate Ivan because, you know, I, I don't really like a like hardcore, like, outward atheism like super confident atheism i don't mind when people are agnostic as far as like a a default setting where they're like well i just haven't had i haven't been contact i haven't had my you know i haven't god hasn't shown himself to me like you know i that's okay because i i eventually think that works itself out a lot of times but like the i thought i was gonna hate yvonne and at the beginning you, you kind of do but you're like hey, you know what he it's Dostoevsky arguing with himself, you know, like these characters, and that's where people would 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 you agree? I feel like all the atheists in the book uh, are very like Russian kinds of atheists, as Dostoevsky perceived Russian atheism, which is that they're not really atheists. Like if you think of the obvious example is Smerdyakov uh, saying that he thinks oh, okay, yeah. he doesn't believe in miracles apart from maybe some holy men who live in the desert. You know, there's always an exception to their atheism. And, uh, you know, they don't resemble the, the Reddit atheist at all in that sense. You know, there's, they're, they're very, very conflicted. And I think Dostoevsky thought that atheism was itself imported out of the West into a, into a fundamentally inimicable um, sort of society. 
where it, it, it contorted people, but mm -hmm. it could never turn them into genuine atheists. And I think you get that. I mean, Ivan's first speech, as it were, the first speech he makes in the book is about this article. And in this article, he's arguing for the church, the Orthodox church to subsume Russian society and kind of supplant the state, which is a very unusual atheistic position or argument you know it's a you're not, not going to find it on reddit right yeah that so, was interesting yeah i I'm sorry but but go go into that because like that was confused me because I, I have not heard that argument before was that like i understand the political function of the church i don't understand the spiritual function that's kind of seems to be uh, ivan's take um well ivan is kind of voicing some like russian spiritual philosophical political ideas they were all kind of jumbled together in that era and there was a, a lot of discussion about the role of the church and how you so Dostoevsky, one of Dostoevsky's like keenest um, anti-Catholic sentiments was because the, in his view, what Catholicism had done is it had taken on um, earthly power for itself mm -hmm. and it mm -hmm. had become the state. And if you notice what Ivan's arguing is something weirdly different, whereby the values of the Orthodox Church and Christian values kind of permeate the state right down to even like the criminal justice system and transfigure it but not in a kind of formalized way so he's kind of reflecting these 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 weird attempts by contemporary russian intelligentsia to kind of position themselves in a new way in relation to kind of fundamentally like western arguments about the church the state right humanity. there's always this attempt for a third way which i think the book is constantly searching for and which ivan is clearly articulating there but the fact that he reaches for it, this ostensible atheist there and then, and if the first things he says just shows how conflicted he is, right? Right. Get, I was gonna say, you get the same with uh, with uh, the Grand Inquisitor, mm -hmm. you know, even he, in a sense, he's the ultimate atheist bad guy, right? But even he believes in God, like that's the paradox at the center of that kind of demonic character, you know? And I think mm -hmm. that runs through all of them, you know? Right, because you have you have the, begin, you have like the, Ivan has like, I, I, Ivan, I thought was going to be more in the book, but the the specter of him, just that that kind of like, um, you know, I, I recently read like Less Than Zero, which is definitely not the same book, but like the Julian in the movie, in the movie Less Than Zero is all in there, Robert Downey Jr. and stuff. But like, really, just the the like looming presence of Julian is way more yeah. powerful. It's like the alien in a sci fi movie where it's like you don't want to show the alien all the time. You know, yeah. you want to you want to be careful with this. And Ivan has like three major parts of the book where it's at the beginning. He's explaining his article that's that's getting him a lot of buzz that he's this new like, oh, man, like, I, you know, I just gained like six thousand followers overnight, man. Like, I'm fucking, followers. Yeah. 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 You know, I'm like, I'm, 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 yeah, premium content, dude. Like I'm 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 in all the big group chats. Like he's he's kind of he's kind of doing that at the beginning. Then you have the 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 Grand Inquisitor chapter, which is kind of the middle of, of that, where he he really is like him and Alyosha head to head on this. And then at the end you have Ivan with the devil, which is my favorite part of the of the of the of the thing where you really realize you're like, oh, Ivan is like deeply struggling with this you know like you you figure it's like it, the, the idea is that like he's not transparent enough and my, my ivan's character is not transparent enough that he's actually doesn't have it all figured out whereas mm -hmm. everybody else who is more spiritual is is like they they all can admit like i don't really know what's going on you know alyosha is on a journey right elder zosimo had to go on a huge journey they go to elder zosimo's backstory which i also really enjoyed um mm -hmm. like his troubled past and 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 all that like there's a lot of but Ivan's just like, no, I've got it, you know, out outwardly. He's saying, no, I've got it. But Ivan does come to a conclusion that he's like, yeah, like he, he I think Voltaire is the is who he cites where he's like, if if God 
didn't exist, humans would still have to create one. Like, I think he, Ivan just ultimately admits that God is like a part of society, regardless whether he's real or not. So I think maybe that's, that's where he's, you know, Dostoevsky's kind of like, I, I still feel like Dostoevsky, and I'll keep saying this, Dostoevsky leans on the fact that like, he just like, I've, I don't know that I've seen God, but I believe in him as a way to rationalize what happens in the world, right? Like, in a way, I kind of, I kind of see the opposite. You just listened to a preview of one of our premium episodes. And to get access to the full thing, you've got to be a paid subscriber to the Rare Candy Substack. That's rarecandy.substack.com. It's only $5 a month or $55 for the whole year. You get one month free if you do the whole year. You get access to premium Rare Candy episodes, my podcast, The Glenn Word, and whatever the hell else we want to charge people for. Uh, again, that's rarecandy.substack.com. Thanks again.